Dramatica analysis of Dr. Strangelove, recorded February 13, 2018, led by Chris Huntley. Good evening. Tonight we are going to discuss... I was going to say doctor now. Dr. Strangelove, uh, or how to stop worrying and love the bomb. Is that right? Wasn't it how I, I stopped worrying and love the bomb? Learn to love the bomb. Learn to love the bomb. Learn to love the bomb. Okay. Yeah. All right. Dr. Stein's love is a lot easier to remember. Um, so let's identify the four through lines quickly. Overall story. Um, uh, bomb or planes have been sent to Russia to bomb targets. So U.S. planes. U.S. planes sent to Russia to bomb. To US drop nukes. Plane, to uh, drop nukes. Uh, and you kind of have to you have to put in the um, what I say erroneously yeah. sent because that's sort or of maniacally sent surreptitiously. <laughs> but it's a long word for the little board. All right. And who is the main character? This will be a fun discussion. Oh. Is there a main character? Who are the possible, a possible main characters? Uh, Bucky. Pardon? Is that his name? Bucky? Bucky. 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 Turgidson. Uh, the uh, Brit? No. 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 Bucky is the general. Uh, who was George making Scott. love with George C. Scott? George C. Scott, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> As the main character? Okay. He's sort of he said it. <laughs> <laughs> he said I say it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with no MC or maybe Mandrake. Mandrake is Peter Sellers as the Brit. Yeah. Yes. He's like the closest thing, but yeah. He's clearly a protagonist, right? So my choice was three with a handoff. Two, two definitely handoff, and maybe the third one also. All his handoffs. Uh, Jack Ripper, King Kong, and Turgidson. Who's King Kong? He's, He's the flyer the of the bomb of the of the plane. Hmm. Um. Okay. So you're saying Ripper, Kong, and Turgidson. Kong. Um, I would like to hear. I also said no. Yeah. No. I know. Okay. I understand. <laughs> I'd like to hear why you think they are a main character. Um, because I felt that. Well, okay. So one, I and that and and as handoffs that they share a similar worldview. Because they would have to in order to hand right, off, they would right. have to have the same worldview. And 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 that's why Turgidson's to me is a, a little. Not so much, but I think that Jack Ripper and and uh, King Kong share the same worldview, um, and that uh, um, I, I felt that in the scenes with King Kong, um, or, or I don't know what his, his rank was, but at any rate, um, Captain Kong, he was. Uh, it seemed like I was perceiving all of those scenes through him. Um, and same thing with Ripper, um, and that I was that that the story was actually. Let's go with Ripper. Let's talk okay. about Ripper. All right. So in the in the 
the scene where you've got Ripper and Mandrake. Yes. You identified with Ripper? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Um, and you felt that the audience is supposed to be seeing the world from his perspective, so you kind of, you were sharing his perspective? That's what I thought the dominant perspective was in those scenes. What do you mean by dominant? Um, That's what the author intended for me to identify with. You do realize this was a satire, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Is it just because the camera's from the point of view that it makes you feel that way? That was, that was a, a, a large perspective of it. And is that the same reason you picked the, the cowboy on the... Right, and also um, I think that he manipulated the emotions to go with those characters, um, whereas... Uh, he? Or the, 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 the author, whoever the, the author was. Kubrick. The director, Stanley Kubrick. Um, and... Uh, when I looked at who might be um, influenced characters or who would be possible alternative main characters, mainly Mandrake or uh, uh, and or the president, I just felt there was no emotion there. They were just flat as doorknobs. Mm-hmm. Emotion doesn't mean, I mean, whether or not you're a character that's terribly emotional is not the same thing as sharing a perspective. I mean, clearly, uh, although I would argue that Ripper really is not a terribly emotional character, but I think that um, Turgeson and, uh, I'm sorry, King Kong is not terribly emotional, but Ripper and Turgeson are very emotional. Um, I'm not sure, I don't know that we're supposed to stand in their shoes. Because they don't seem to be people that we know. Everything they, everything they say, everything they do is sort of a surprise. It's not like we see their observations. Um, I mean, that's usually when the main character, main character, we're, we're, we are looking at things from their perspective. So when new stuff is coming we're seeing it from their perspective, as opposed to being the ones revealing lots of new stuff, because that, that's, a, that's not a position that main characters typically are done, because we, we don't have that knowledge, unless we've seen it earlier. It's kind of hard to identify with it, because all of it is just exposition. So when you're, when you're talking about surprise, as a factor to use, which way, am I using, a, which way am I using it? I mean, as, as somebody who is main character or somebody who's not main character? Can I bring up a surprise example? Sure. When um, when Ripper kills himself in the bathroom. Right. It's off camera. Whose shoes are you in? That's true. That's uh, in, in Mandrake's. Yeah. And I think that's... He has no idea he's been... He, you know, we're not in the like, oh man... And look, you're right in that... 30 seconds before Ripper really says, you know, I believe in a life after this one and I can justify it. But at that moment, I didn't go, oh, he's going to go shoot himself in the head. You know, I wasn't in. I did. Have you <laughs> yeah. seen it before? No, no. Well, yeah, I saw it like 20 years ago or whatever in college. 
I think the part that used to confuse me a lot is like you you have the point of view of the camera versus the point of view of the storyline, and like those are two completely different things. Yes. And this movie really gives you a lot of camera angles, and so that makes it harder to figure out what the. And it focuses. It has pretty extreme angles on a lot of individuals, so they feel like those character moments. Yeah. Which is different. Which is a storytelling device as opposed to. In the story, who are we supposed to, you know, emotionally involve ourselves with? With whom we're supposed to emotionally involve ourselves? Um, any other uh, possibilities? But just real quick, so again, back to the surprise. If the, the story mind. So wh- where do I put? Where do I put the surprise? With if if I'm seeing a character who is surprised. That character, that's an indicia for as far as that character being the the main character or not. doesn't necessarily mean they're a main character, but it certainly makes them more like a main character. It doesn't mean they are a main right, character. Right, right. But it's an indicia. So, addition. for instance, in the sequences, in the, the early sequences between Mandrake and um, Ripper, uh, um, you've got... You know, Mandrake's given this this uh, order to do these things, and then he's, you know, he find, discovers the, the radio, and it's like, oh, it's just playing music. And so it's like, okay, it's going on all this stuff, and it's like, oh, there isn't a real, nobody really called this in. <laughs> you know, that's kind of where we are. We thought, oh, there must have been a phone call, because we don't ever see the, you know, the part before this film starts could have been a phone call that says, oh, this, there's someone coming, and we just hear the orders being given by Ripper, which is the normal way when you, ha- and you have the exterior observer, the Brit, who's there, and it's like, okay, fine, and then it's like, oh, look, it's obviously this must be a drill because they're just playing normal music. It's like, you know, they wouldn't do that if it was really happening. Well, you know, if we if we did not know anything outside of that room, that's essentially the position that we would be in. You know, as opposed to the God's eye view of seeing information from you know the everything from the title and the the, the fueling and all that stuff that's happening in the, in, during the uh, title sequence um, and some of the voiceover stuff. So you know, there's a lot that we that he is not familiar with, and he acts as, he acts that way. So that's the kind of a character, that's, that's an indicator of not, if you're going to have a main character, they would have that kind of lack of omniscience. Um, occasionally, once you get the audience emotion involved with the character, they can provide surprising information. It's usually, though, about themselves. It's not usually about the big picture. Um, which is that's part of them sort of go getting over whatever it is that they're getting you know working through whatever they're working through. Um, all right, so who said Bucky? I did. And who do you have as influence character? Oh, um, who did I have? The secretary. I don't think. Cowboy? I told you not George uh, Scott. George Scott. Yeah. The 
Sturgeon. Where's the president? Where, where's the president? Yeah, the president's the one that I had. Well, president's really not in the main character list right now. Oh, okay. I had the. I think I had the president as the influence. Oh, you had the president as well. Okay. <coughs> no, no, as no, as I see. Oh, as a for Bucky. Yeah. Now you do realize that there are three completely different sequences running parallel, right? Yeah. Um. Which, of course, makes it difficult to have a main character. <laughs> yeah. You can, if they are, like, with the way you were identifying, you said, I've got these three people that I feel are, all have the same perspective, but they're played by different characters. Um, and, uh, but, and in different locations. Even if, even if Mandrick is the protagonist, like, you know, his ends with that phone call. And then it would be have to be handed off for that too, right? Right, right. Well I think I think the well what is the so what is if the the effort is to stop the planes from bombing Russia because there's a doomsday machine that if it goes off, everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Then the protagonist would be the one that's for that. Yep. And there does seem to be two of the two people that are along those lines. You've got um, Mandrake in the um, office on the base and the, the, the base. Purple. Thank you. That's yep. what I was looking for. On the base. And then you have the president in the war room. Yep. Um, <laughs> and you don't have anybody in the play. <laughs> right. Although, it's interesting because, you know, even when um, King Kong, Captain Kong, <laughs> you know, he is like, really? You want to check that? You know, so he's, he's following orders, but he certainly isn't a protagonist. He's not trying to accept to do his job. So he still pursue in that that regard, just not More considered goal. Right? Would the Russians be the protagonist in that part of it? It just in the nah, we no. they're not they're not there. I mean, it's the the ones that are it, you basically are seeing sort of a flip of who's the, the the Russians are the antagonist to the the guys doing their job effectively. Although it's but in that, it's a failure story, remember? So, you know, they well, they don't succeed. You know, they don't succeed stopping it. So, you know, it's definitely... I'm oh, sorry, I gave it away. Let's do that. Okay, let's do that. Story, an outcome, success or failure? Failure. No, success. I'm going to argue for 45 minutes. Last one. All right, so give the argument for success, Jim. No, no, no. That's, that's so long. I'm All right. Good. Success, we got rid of the Russians. <laughs> Did you see it was all a dream? Just a high-cost success. Yes. No. All right. Oh, we actually worked it out afterwards, and Jim, I think, was okay after we... No, I totally buy it. A little, ...a little lunch conversation. That'd be good. I think I came up with a good... I, well, I ended up watching it while I was working... And I saw the end part again. It's like, oh, here's what it is. Because it's all from her. That's that that fantasy sequence is all from her perspective. So it's her through line that you're seeing it in, uh-huh. not not the overall story. 
Did you find the threat unique ability? I wasn't looking. Uh, go watch it again. No. <laughs> if I do, I'll look. Um, Since it says, like, me, we're talking about characters, like, do they always have to be the people in it? I know that. No, they don't have to be, but they have to be able to, they have to be something that is representing to the audience clearly a perspective. Okay. So, so you, you know, the way to think of it is where it's not like her people, just think of animation. Right, okay. That's a really easy way to sort of get your mind past does it have to be a person. No, right. you know. SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we don't have to, it doesn't have to be a person. Okay. Um, so before I, we talk about an influence character, what I would like to ask about is what relationship is in this story? What are the relationships in which the main and influence character are having? This emotional relationship that they have. I don't see one. Boss and subordinate was the only one I could come up with. Yeah, but is that between whom? Ripper and. Uh, well, there was well, of course, I had, but but Ripper Mandrake, Mandrake is his uh, subordinate. And then. Sort uh, of. Yeah. yeah. And then Turgidson, uh Well, um, and then. Uh, that would be. Yeah, Turgidson was to the president. But is it? Uh, a, and then the, is it a? I mean, is it a relationship that's developing at all? It seems to be a, here's the relationship, there is no growth in the relationship at all, or deterioration, right? It's just, it's almost like, I thought there was job a, description. I thought there was a deterioration between Turgidson and the president over the course of the story. He became less and less inclined to listen to Turgidson. Which one is Turgidson? Uh, George C. Scott. George C. Scott. George C. Scott. He's the main general in the war room who tackles the Russian. Choose a lot of guys. Who has the affair? Who's sleeping? Who's working overtime on the secretary? Yes. Oh, I got it right here. It's the same as Bucky, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Bucky. Bucky Turgidson. But I mean, they have a work relationship, but it doesn't seem to be about their There doesn't seem to be any discussion of their relationship at all. I think that's the closest thing you have, though. Right. Which I think goes to what Mike was saying is, I don't think there are main characters in this. It feels like it's the bomb or, like, gravity or something. <laughs> but but what what perspective does that have? What growth right. does that go through? It, there really isn't. It's, it's, a, it's a satire yeah. where events happen. You clearly have protagonists and then... Sort of, and well, a clear antagonist in in um, yeah. ter- and um, what you call it, um, Ripper. Ripper and Ripper, yeah. I mean, he's clearly an antagonist. There's no question of that. Um, and we are sort of, kind of the antagonist, but not really, you know. You know, but but he's the he's the one the antagonist. But then he disappears and hands that off to the plane. Guys, they basically become yes. the antagonists. For sure. So I have a question on that. Totally agree. I have a question on that too. All right, you can go first. All right. So, so the protagonist is the force for change. No. No, 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 no. Protagonist is just trying to reach the goal. Just for the story goal. For the yeah, story not goal. A force for for change. initiative for the initiative for the goal. Right. So, They're so pro 
you know, they are pursue, 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 pursue. You know, that's right. And and so, when do you determine when the goal is set? Well, I think this goal is set right at the beginning, when the they're pretty much set up in the first scene. The order to drop the bomb. Mm. Right. Well, that's the the go code. That's the. We find out with with Mandrake that it's not really there, and then we really know when we're with um, Turgidson with Bucky when he gets the phone call saying, "Holy crap! You know, you need to get in here because we have a situation." Right. And that's when we know for sure what the what the goal is. But it's pretty clear once we once we understand that this. Colonel is nuts, or this general is nuts, and this started World War Three um, on his own. Or, yeah, yeah. Three, on his own. Um, that's it's not explicitly stated when, but it becomes very clear that I, I think the when moment, if you need one, I think like the way Chris earlier said, you can't get one without the other. This is like the moment the order is given, and you realize the bomb's going to drop. There's this implied. Pro- protagonist goal. Well, and he says, "Stop anybody who's going to be coming." Right. And then, yeah. but then, uh, no, sorry. And then, um, but Mandrake, when he says, "I'm going to need to get the code and send it," and he goes to walk out, and the door is locked. Right. I think that the code is the goal, and I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's like it's vague, but that's. No, I think that's a requirement, but it's clearly not the goal because. You're right. It is a requirement, but I guess that what I mean is, is that kind of locks in what they're trying to. Right. They have. That's one of the options. Right. Is you know you can stop it at the source. You can blow them up. You can recall them with the code, or you can shoot them down when they get close enough to their target. And if you miss it, all four, which is what happens because they change the target, then. Oops. <laughs> um, you can underline option lock now too. You know, and that's what then they said. <laughs> once they changed, yeah, once they changed course to a different course, because he, the president, had set up. Look, you can guarantee they're going to be at this place or this place. So put all of your effort in those two places. And when they then go, well, you know, we don't have enough gas. Let's go to this one. Okay. At that point, you know it's basically the, the climax. Climax is coming, and then the last <clears> thing, <throat> the last thing it is in the climax is, do they drop the bomb or not? That's that, and the movie is more or less, more or less, uh, the climax hits with the bomb is dropped. You still have that resolution of, well, do they have the several days to be able to get into the mines and all that stuff and. The implication is no. No is a really, really good failsafe uh, doomsday machine that just wiped out everything. So, by the way, this is a good option lock movie that sets up a time lockish thing because of the beginning. Well, you're right. They we, say only have two hours, and then it's sort of like, oh, well, no, it's actually it's less than that, or it's more than that, then it's less than that, and then it's like the time keeps on changing. Right. But it's, you know, they have a certain amount of distance, and then they're running out of gas, so the, you know, it, but right. it's really about how many, because it's not about them bombing it, that's not that, it's how can we stop them. 
Right. And that's, they have only a certain number of options. But they'll see the big board. <laughs> so yes, it is an option lock. So they'll see the store limit. And um, so story, let's do this talk about story driver before we completely blow off main characters. <laughs> um, story driver, action or decision, do actions drive decisions or decisions drive actions? How do we know? Um, I think it's action. I mean, the, the, there's an action at the beginning, which is he gives the order, and it ends with the action of the doomsday device. There was a middle one that I was trying to remember. Well, one of the actions would be call, calling off the, the, or maybe, I don't know, maybe not, calling off the, or having the retracting codes or whatever they are. So well, you have the, the non-go codes. I was trying to think that there was one in the middle that felt like a decision, but then I unraveled it to its actions. I thought it was decision. <laughs> I thought it was decision because we see at the start of the story, he makes the decision to go forward and, and give the go code. It's, it's something he does. It's not an action that's outside and apart from him that all of a sudden visits the scene. Um, and at the end, we see that what makes the bomb actually drop is the decision of uh, uh, the bombardier, um, King Kong, to go back there and uh, monkey with the electronics. And he said, I'm going to make this, uh, even if I have, make this drop even if I have to give hair lips to Bear Creek, everyone in Bear Creek. What and does that mean, by the way? I didn't know. <laughs> that one I couldn't figure out. A lot of them I could figure out. Not that one. Um, and and so then he was successful in doing his action that followed his decision. But wasn't that decision because the action of trying to open the doors didn't work? So he was forced to figure out a way to open the doors? No, because he had to, so he could have ditched it. He said, well, boys, we're not going to ditch this. We haven't come all this way just to ditch the plane. But, but how is it a decision? Like, what's the deliberation? When he said, we're not going to ditch the plane. I'm going to go back there and make the bombs be able to drop. We're going to keep going to our, a target. But is that, is that the, so it's, does the decision, does that precipitate all the action or would it? Without that decision to go back there and fix the doors, the story would end without the bomb dropping. I don't think that. I don't think that's no, because they could have also possibly just driven the plane down or whatever. I mean, it's just the thing is that they say what they actually say describing. I think think it is to the president. Um, I think it's one of those things that um, that uh, Turgeson says to the president that Bucky said Bucky, yeah. Um, says he was waiting until all of the planes were filled, which is the opening title sequence. They're all mm. getting fuel. Yep. Remember? And once they were, and they were already at their. They're past the line. The, yeah, they're the, waiting. They were at the, the, yeah, the line of no return. So once they were filled, then he gave the decision. He basically made the decision to call start things in motion. 
But and it was described later on exactly that's what he did. He waited until they're they're all flying in place. They all basically got refueled at that position, and then he decided, you know, and then he called it. He called it in. You also have the um, uh, the retaking of the base. That's a that's a, a turn of events. Right. Um, the they find out about the. Um, I'm sorry. I think there's. Uh, they find out about the doomsday. The doomsday. Device. Yeah, doomsday device. That kind of changes. That changes everything. Everything. I mean, that's that's the midpoint. Is yeah. that the midpoint? Yes. Point yeah, that's the midpoint. Um, and then the plane gets damaged. Is essentially, you know, the thing that stops. They everybody get they send out the code, but that one doesn't doesn't work because it's it's receiver is damaged. Remember the IDE or oh yeah, the code. plane. Yeah, the plane is it's far enough away that the electronics get sort of fused, but it doesn't get knocked down. So I would just say the base would not be retaken without the president's decision to order the army to retake the base. Um, and no, but but making a decision, him making the decision doesn't it doesn't change it. They still have to take the base. See, that's the difference. When you're talking about a driver, the event itself is what changes the course, not that it will eventually have ramifications that lead to a change of course. So that's that's the difference. That's what it, that's why driver in and of itself changes the direction of the story. Not is the cause, you know, it, it is it, it is without that one thing right at that point, nothing else after it would follow. That's why you know, it's kind of like at the joint you can't say, oh, it's up here at the finger, and eventually it's going to get to that joint, and that'll do it. No, it's like at that joint is where the, you know, does it go left or does it go right? Well, which... You know. So in this case, retaking the base results in the suicide and the discovery of the three letters, which yes. is why it changes things. Yes, because he shoots himself, and, and it gives, what, gives what's-his-name time to see the doodles and figure out the, the code. But he figures out the code. They release it. They re, they give it, and it doesn't stop the problem because of the explosion that had happened. I mean, it stops most of it, but not the, the important one. How is it ever really possible for it to be a decision then, if decisions are usually preceding the actions? Well, they're always. It's either decisions lead to actions, or actions lead to decisions. Oh, okay, okay. So that's, it, it's not actions or decisions, okay. as it's written here. <laughs> it's do actions drive decisions, okay. or do decisions drive actions? That's really what it's what it's asking. It's a causality. Okay. That's why you can say, if the first one didn't happen, the second one wouldn't happen. Okay. Period. It wouldn't happen. It, it re requires the okay. first one. Is there any other way to define it? Except for having the the counterfactual definition, because it, it's no well, we need one. it's because it's about causality. That's the problem. I see that this is the part of the story that is descriptive of the story form that okay. is descriptive of causality. I, I understand. Okay, but I mean, 
so the, the, the litmus test is counterfactual. It's like, well, if this had, if this hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. Well, is there, that's, um, no, I think that is pretty much the, the litmus test because you can always say this causes that, that causes that, that causes, because it's always, it's always a chain reaction. But at some point, you can, you'll find something that if, if you took out that one piece, then everything after it disappears. Think of it as starting a vent. Well, I, Without I, a starting I, event, nothing happens, right? Yeah, no, I, I get what it's supposed, I, I get what, where, like what it's representing. It's just that, it, it's just the definitions are really not as helpful as they could be around just the story driver because either either you have a circular definition of actions drive decisions and decisions drive actions and you've got like one defined in terms of the other or you're defining no them. well it's one but it doesn't you don't have them both simultaneously i know okay but i'm just saying the definition like is there a definition that's not circular or not counterfactual because those are just those well, are not circular. you're sure the drive yeah. you think of it as a driver don't think of it as action or decision what drives the story forward that makes sense now to me with the with this story because it's like the whole thing is like a bunch of people in charge who are kept no control no matter what decisions they make. It's like it's yeah. I mean, like you, you, can, you like, see a lot of talking. A lot of people talking and trying to make decisions and stuff. That doesn't move the story forward. You know, the conversations with the, the Russians or whatever. It's when actions happen when they when the planes go off on the on the the mission or which is essentially caused because they are all ready to they've gotten to a point where now they're all ready to go um the bomb miss the bomb there everything's recalled but that's not but but it's, the thing is is that it's that bombs and them trying to send sending all of those bombs and the one got missed is why the story keeps on going because they made the, the call, the decision, if it was a decision-driven story, the decision to recall them all or blow them up should have ended this, it should have changed it, but it didn't. That's why it wasn't, that's how you can see it wasn't a driver because those, those choices didn't matter because crap happened and the one plane got damaged and couldn't receive the information. That's, a, that's an action. Right, so the actions happen, decisions are made. And that's an action that completely changes the course of the story. But to but um, to whom? Right. To so, the story. Not to a person, not to any individuals, to the story. You need to step mm -hmm. step back and look at it like a, it's all laid out on a playing field. And so think of it as like a big football field. And you've got the twenty, you know, the twenty right. Yard goal, the mid goal, and the you know twenties. So you look at it and say, okay, what is the event that's going to allow me to move downfield? I'm in the, I'm in upfield. I need to go downfield. Well, something's going to allow that to happen. And what's going to bring me toward the goal? And that's the the one plane is able to dodge the bomb, this missile, just enough that it doesn't get blown up. And it fuses the, um, the the radio equipment to prevent it from getting any other anything that could possibly stop them. 
in the football analogy, the offense is the decision would be the decision making, and then the defense is the action. But that's from a subjective point of view. Not if you're if you're sitting up. Yeah, if you're sitting up in the stands, whoever has the ball is, and if you're if the if you're rooting for them, you cannot root for both. Mm-hmm. Whichever one you're rooting for, then you can make that choice. Without rooting for one or the other, you cannot make that choice. You have to make a decision about what is the context, because they both exist. But only, but although action and decision both exist, the driver only exists in a single context. You can't figure out which one it is without understanding what the larger context is. And I think that's the problem: is that everybody looks at the everybody looks at these words, you know, mm-hmm. over here, and forget what the actual story point is. Because the story point is the important part. These are just how are you going to, how's it going to show up? Which is important because that's what you're actually telling. But this is what it means. You know, the, the story point is what making that choice means. The actual choice is going to determine how the story is experienced and feels and ultimately is part of the grander meaning of the, uh, the argument that you're making. I, mean, I, I can go through each one of the dynamics except for the story driver and give really clear definitions. What you'll I, find is that I have a really, really hard time with growth, personally. It's almost, I've gotten better after how many years? <laughs> at being able to look at your, but you know, I always skip it because primarily I'm not really very good at reading it. Some stories it's really obvious, but I could make an argument and then if someone said, oh, but blah, 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 I'd be like, okay, you know, uh, let me just leave it undone and we'll see which one it comes up. So the fact that you're having a problem with that one may be a blind spot. But you're not having trouble with that because the definition's not, not rigorous, I don't think. Right? I'm having trouble with the story driver because the definition's not rigorous. No. It's it's a well is it an external think of it as external or internal. So what's driving is it dri- driven by something outside or something mm-hmm. inside? Mm-hmm. That's why you know the word you know we think of action as not only being a state but a process, an event, but we can also see it as a process. We look at Decision not the same way because we have a word we deliberation. You could easily just say action deli- decision slash deliberation. That would be fine too. So it could just be discussions change the course of event as opposed to a particular choice and a particular decision changing and driving the story. So you're just saying that drivers occurring in the external world or the internal world of yes. the story mind. Yeah. And it is like which one of these is making is actually making the change. Which one moves the story forward and changes the direction? Really changes the direction of the story. It's kind of like you're going down a particular path. Another way of looking at it, you're in a particular quadrant. How do you get out of that quadrant? You've explored it all. How do you get out? Mm. That's what the driver does. Is it bumps you into a different quadrant? Because otherwise you're just spinning your wheels. Once you've explored it, <laughs> you know, both time and space, you've got to move on, but it's not going to move on unless you have that driver 
pop up and force it into the next quadrant. It seems like it seems like agency is part of it, though, because if it's happening externally, then the characters react differently than it's happening internally, right? Like so, the um, like in the in the uh, one of the uh, posts um, said, you know, like if the protagonist was the captain of the uh, uh, the offense, then they're going to be then it's a decision story, for example. No, well, it wouldn't have to. You wouldn't. Have, Protagonist is irrelevant in that context. It's just that if you're looking at the offense, if you're essentially looking from the outside, you're focusing on the offense, and you say, how do we move this story forward? How we, We've already had one down. How do we get to the next down? Nothing, nothing's going to happen unless they make a decision. That's a driver. It changes... You, it moves it. Whereas that's because they have agency there, right? If, you well, know. but that's the nature of what driver is. Is they, yeah okay? Yeah. Then, yes, so then I, then I, okay. I just, yes, I agree with you. Yay. <laughs> yes, in terms of agents, I just don't use that that language. But yes, I okay. Yeah, so if that's what it is about, it's essentially what has agency. Is it is it an external force or an internal force that really? When all else is said and done, it's the thing that shifts gears. It shifts okay. it up. It shifts the level. You know, if you if you think of it, if you think of stories, you know, always, you know, think of more like, you know, going up like this, you know, in, in tension or whatever. What brings it up to that next one is that's what the driver does. The driver. One of my favorite examples of a decision driver is in the fugitive. When they're in the bus, right? One of the in this is like this is the second driver, I think. Okay. He's train the they're getting transferred, and one of the inmates um, fakes a poisoning or fakes a heart problem or something, and he's foaming at the mouth. And the bus driver, who essentially is a non-character in the story, has to make this decision. Do well, I, actually, it's one of the guards. It's one of the guards. Okay. But still a non-character, right? Yeah. Still a non-character in the story. Has to make this decision. Do I unlock this door and help him or not? And he decides to help, which then leads to the accident, which then leads to... um, The escape. The escape and the rest of the movie. And so that's where it is. It's totally internal. It's totally on this one guy. It's not the protagonist. It's not. It's like not someone who I think would even have a characteristic. Yeah, and you look at and Dr. Kimball <clears throat> decides to help the one guy who's got this problem when he wrecks it, and that almost gets him caught, and it lets the FBI know where he is. You know, those are the. You know, and then he makes the choice to call the FBI and leave the phone open so they can find. They can essentially follow him to the climax. I mean, so he does. He keeps on doing these things where he's helping people and almost getting himself caught. So just remind me. So the future is a decision story, and the and the bus or the 
Remember at the end, he says, give it up. You know, you're okay. It's, you know, it's over. And he sort of does like drops everything and walks over to the, to uh, Fugitive Retriever. (laughs) My favorite kind of dog. Yeah. Yeah. Big dog. Yeah. Okay. Um, How about church friends? I I remembered my thing, which was a decision in the middle of the story. Oh. It doesn't change the context of the story, so it's not a driver. But I still, the president just declares at one point, hey, the Russians coming down here. Okay. Now, is a declaration like that ever capable of being a decision? Probably, right? I mean, being a driver or being being a decision driver. I I mean, that would be a declaration of someone Someone's coming. Yeah, but is a declaration like that a decision? Maybe it's a No, that's just a storytelling. Okay. I mean, he could have, somebody could have said, and the, the, the Russian could have said, I'm here. Same thing happens. It's like that would be the showing up. Right. Or so, the Russian's coming, if that was going to change everything, that would be a driver as a, an action driver. Okay. He didn't decide that the Russian is going to, or deliberate for the, not, unless it was, Okay, let's let's talk to the Russians as to that's gonna that that was right. not an issue. Not there issue. wasn't there wasn't like do we do we not talk to the Russians? No. Okay. <laughs> Where it could have been easily, you could easily no. see that, but it wasn't. He, he sent the MPs for the Russians. Pardon? He sent the military police for the right, Russians. Right, right. But I'm just saying, you know, do I call the Russian? Right. I, uh, Dimitri, you know. But that was sort of that was a that was a decision he made that was just sort of like well yeah because all this activity is going on we gotta call the we gotta call this gotta do that okay thanks um sure uh and so we were saying action um story judgment good or bad do we know. Well, if you don't have an MC, it's kind of hard well, to I think judge I, if it's... I, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm not going to for bad. Go for it. That's what I would do, too. So. Okay. My argument my for bad is that they immediately... The bomb is dropped. They know the Doomsday Machines is going to go off. And they immediately start talking about a mine gap. And so it's like they learn no lessons. So I don't know if that... The anxiety of us versus them remains in the movie. Right, as an unresolved anxiety, yeah. So that's my argument for bad. Well, I'd say that that's about as good as you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the, the, the underlying equity just still being there, I'd say that that's correct. Um, and Bucky and his secretary don't work out that problem. Now, what about domains for the overall story? Where do we see the overall story domain? Is is it in a single one? Well, it's a... <sighs> okay, I think it's, I think it's, it's in a, situation. It's, it's not fixed attitude, right? It's it's not a it's it does well, not appear to be an internal problem. Uh, correct. I mean, the overall story. No, I I think it's I mean, in situation. It's basically, it's you got. The doomsday bomb, and if somebody blows it, it's all, you know. I think it's a situation in, in, because the problem is the plane is, what they need to do is unstick the action of the plane. 
but it's essentially on a course. But um, well, okay. The the alternative is out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have an activity that's out of control, or do you have a situation that is stuck? It doesn't seem to be stuck because they are. I mean, there's a lot of fighting going on. They're you know blowing up some planes. They're recalling others. You know, ultimately though, they can't un- they can't control it, and it leads to right to Bombadou. But the thing is, I think you know you've got if you're going to say there's any kind of any of the characters being you know. Most of the, most of the story seems to be like told in a psychology domain kind kind of a way, mm-hmm. where you're just showing all these dysfunctional characters and the way they think is completely incompatible and all that stuff. But it's not really what this. It, that's sort of like the 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 author's commentary on the story. <laughs> you know, so it's a, but because it's not, he doesn't actually have. A story for him to hang it on. He's not making an argument. He's just sort of arguing. Right. You know, has characters arguing, but they're not really making an argument. That is how it felt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's <laughs> it, that's. I mean, it, yeah. I just remember when we when you you guys chose this one. I didn't. Oh. I did <laughs> not want this one. No, this was Jim. It was. I think it was Jim. I think it was Jim. <laughs> uh, but when we, when we narrowed it down, though, there were this was one of the this had several votes. So, so you're saying it was Jim? <laughs> I don't remember who put it in there, but I know that I didn't vote for it because my recollection was I couldn't remember a story for it, and I didn't have any interest in watching it again. I'm, I'm glad I watched it again. It's actually a much yeah. more entertaining movie than I've seen that than I remembered. Yeah. Um, Still doesn't have much of a story, but uh, it was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is there anything else we can mine from this that you think uh, that would be useful? Well, I was going to see if it fell into a, a quad. If it, if it was like, if we could see that it was a upper left story or anything like that. But, like, in, oh, you mean, but you'd have to have a main character. No, like, like, um, no, because when we did, when we're talking about Z. Oh, you mean if it's all just like the whole story had just that one quadrant of talking points. Um, though I don't think Leviathan did. did no, it? no, it didn't. That's what I mean. It wasn't enough to it. So, is this effective propaganda? I guess that's the question I would have. Because it's. I mean, well, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely incomplete, so the question is, is it, it, if it is sufficiently within a single domain, which is what you're, you're asking, then um, it might be, might be propaganda. Uh, you know, I don't know how effective this was at making an argument for or against war. It's very, you know, as a satire, this is a problem with satire. Satires are 
They're all about making points, not arguments. <laughs> you know, how they have the, uh, the big billboard where we make peace with the, you know, shooting back and forth. Peace of our, peace is our profession. Peace, peace is our, yeah. Well, so you're saying they just display the inequity? Yeah, they're just, they're just, they're, they're, sharp, they're just basically, it's bald, you know, here's, here's, it's, it's irony is what they're showing. Yeah. You know, they're all about peace and we're having this battle right in front of this billboard. I mean, that's ironic and satirical. And the president and Premier Kissoff, they're both pretty oh, sorry. And the names. They're both pretty you sorry. Yeah, names. I know the names. The names are great. Turgidson, I mean, oh, and, and, and the president's name, uh, Merkel, Merkel, Merklin, American, and he's bald, muffling, muffled, he's a muffled American, yes, which is a play also on uh, female hair. Wait, what one? Oh. Muffling, his last name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So the names are all very, very sexual, and they have a lot of the, you know, reaching max, maximum penetration. All these things. Jack the Ripper. Oh yeah, the Russians. The whole Russian, the whole plane refueling with the natural juices. Right. Well, yeah, all the yes about the natural body. It, it, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't map out well. No. If anything, it's like the themes of obtaining of self-interest and morality and. But it's all storytelling. Yeah. Like the approach and attitude seems very storytelling and not thematic at all. Yeah. So. And I think you have, and, and it's just a lot of lot of storytelling techniques. And it just get a lot of comic juxtaposition. Um, and I, I read, was reading up on it, and apparently it ended with. I'm not sure if you even noticed that in the war room there was this huge banquet of food. There mm-hmm. one that what it ended up in a pie fight. <laughs> that was the original ending had them all get into a pie fight um, and which would go to the bad the you know the failure bad in that they basically have that they're still warring even though it's all over um, but it played it, the pro, I guess the problem was that they couldn't. The, the the actors could not stop laughing hmm. because it was a this huge pie fight, and it really wasn't necessary because they were trying to make a little. That so they already made the point, <laughs> and uh, they they it, it sort of leached some of the uh, irony out of it, you know. So it. Uh, it went into farce, and it that he said that it, uh, it said that it went it changed it changed so like moving into a different genre, a different feel, and it was not where they were going. It wasn't consistent with the the tone of the story. So I thought that was really interesting. Also, I'm not sure if you watched it. Did you watch Netflix or actually not on Netflix right now? But stars, stars. <laughs> oh, stars. Oh, I couldn't find it. I have I have regular on demand, not. And I couldn't see it there. I couldn't find it. Um, but I'm sure his user error. So I rented it on Amazon. <laughs> and it was in the, you know, not letterbox. It was in the original format, which is oh, the, wow. the 166. 
and it's cool. really good that it was because the shots were you know beautifully shot and it's really well designed for that. Cool. Especially some of the in the war room because you just get what's to see the original? Wait, what's the original viewing? It was one six six. That's the what old movies used to be in. It looks square. Three by four. Okay. Uh, uh, the same that old monitors used to be that size too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. Uh, Isn't that one three three? One three three. Yeah. Yeah. One three three. Yeah. One three three. Oh. Yeah. One six six was just the slightly wider version. Yeah. Yeah. One three three. I think it was. It is really beautifully shot. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even from the beginning with the title sequence with the hand-drawn, exaggerated names and letters and stuff. You just know that it's supposed to be a comedy. They're trying to make it really clear up front that this is not serious. Because it was, at the same time, you had Failsafe was about to come out. In fact, they sued Failsafe to delay Failsafe's um, entry into the market, because they knew if they came in second, they, 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 they would not fare well. And the book it was based on, Red Alert, actually, the author of that sued the author of Failsafe because he really kind of did steal the whole idea. It was just, one was a comic version of it, the other one was very, very serious. Was, was the original book comedic? No. Uh, yes, somewhat, yes. I, I believe, I haven't read it, so I, don't quote me on that. But um, the original author was also the second writer on this. And then they brought in a comic guy to polish up the comedy elements of it. But I think the name, character names and all of that are from the book. So I think that, again, it was probably like this. This was played pretty straight. You know, they didn't point little arrows at the names and stuff, but, you know, it's pretty clear that they're supposed to be I did keep waiting my um, instinct that I was watching Airplane. Yeah. <laughs> kept kicking in. Those aren't pillows. Yeah, like all, and then the jokes wouldn't show up. Right, right. It was really, I was like, uh, oh. Okay. Well, but that's what Airplane was building on. Yeah, no, I know. You know, is this history of these kinds of, of their satires, and, but they're not, you know, all out farces, you know, so that, which, you know, you get into this airplane and it's, you know, the nth degree of that. Yeah. But it's also exceedingly self-aware, whereas this was not. This was all, it was played completely straight. Um, so, yeah, I, and I know it was just, they, you know, they're not smiling, they're not laughing, it's none of it's funny, it's all very... And one of the other things I read that was very interesting is that George C. Scott thought this was a serious role. And he kept on wanting to play it really really straight. So what Kubrick did is he said, okay, so what we're going to do is just to warm up, I need you to do really broad, you know, chew the scenery kind of thing. This is my... Yeah, his acting looks like stage acting. Oh, and, and that's what Kubrick wanted. He wanted this, you know, exaggerated, um, comical character. And, you know, George C. Scott 
saw himself as being a very serious actor, and he would not do that, except they were <laughs> filming the warm-ups. And they filmed the other ones, too, but, you know, afterward, I guess, Joyce Scott said, I'll never work with him again. <laughs> <laughs> because it was not the performances that he was expecting. It was all this... It did look a little like he was overacting, so it looked like it wasn't, like, he couldn't act as well to me. Right, right. <laughs> so well, I, I see why he was, I thought his acting was brilliant. I didn't think he it was... Looked... Good. It was just like really, really pushing. Absolutely. All the way. Yeah. Like, part of me was like, is this on purpose or not? So. No, it was. Yeah. Def- it was definitely what the director <laughs> the other, wanted. Yeah. And it was not what the actor wanted. So. That's interesting. But that was really interesting. Wow. So any other questions? I, yeah, I have a, a general question on inequity. Um, so I have a kind of understanding that inequity means. Like, I have a car, or I, I have a desire for a car, but I don't have a car. Right. It's an imbalance. There's an imbalance. There's a space between my desire and the object. Think of it as a, as a potential. Okay. I, I like to visualize it as a rubber band. All right. And, and so, when I look at a through line, how does that inequity line up with the problem quad? Let's say with the problem and solution. Well, okay. Oh boy. All right. You just you just jumped way past that. Okay. So the inequity, and again, think of it as a rubber band. So I've got a, I, I want a car. I don't have a car. Right. That's an inequity. It's an imbalance. How do I resolve it? I just need to pull them together. So I either get the car or I get rid of the desire. Either way brings it right to zero. No problem. The minute I say I want to work on, I think the car part is the where I'm going to put my effort, then I see that I turn an inequity into a problem because now I folk, I've essentially created a context. And I pin down context. the other half, whichever, whichever side I'm not looking at, that's sort of like I peg it and then the, you know, the rubber band is still over there. So now if... I can't don't get a car. The solution is to get a car. But what if I can't get one? Well, then how can I get a car? Well, I maybe I can buy one. Well, how, you know, how can I do that? I know. I, I need to get a job. So now I get a job. So I have to pin down, I don't have a car, and I stretch the rubber band over, now I have to get money. And I'm... My, my job, it's, uh, you know, it's taking time and I'm not getting enough money to get the car because of everything else, so I need to get a better job, so what do I do? I'm going to go to school to get a better job, so now I pin that one down and I stretch it even more. And so this thing is getting really tight, right? Right. And it's like, okay, so now I'm going to school to get a better job to make more money to get a car so because I don't want to change my feelings about my desire for that. And then I find that it's taking a long time. I do that, and and I still it's not. I still don't have a car. So maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to get married to someone who has lots of money. And that's like a completely yet doesn't have a car. <laughs> no, lives in New York and doesn't need a car. But so I make that last step, and the amount of tension essentially that I have to keep sort of hold collapses it all into a little ball of a little black hole 
and that becomes a blind spot. And now I can't see it. All I can see is, okay, I got married. <laughs> and now I'm in, and I'm in New York, and I don't need a car, so there's no problem. Right? <laughs> but then we move someplace, and now we need a car again. Well, there's and no one really there. is, And no I become really irritated because... No, there isn't any. I don't want to move. I don't want to move out there, but I don't know necessarily why I don't want to move out there because you know <laughs> it might be nice all the stuff, but I've got this thing that's saying I want a car, but I can't have the car. You know, it's like so. As long as I don't need a car, then it's not an issue. But then when it's the issue of a car comes up, it brings all that to bear, but I can't see it anymore. Okay. That is where the that is the inequity in a blind spot. Now, that's basically the backstory for a change character. So, what you're asking is where does that show up? Well, right. the story form. Well, actually, what I was asking is where does that interface with the problem quad? Okay, he's getting there. Well, so you end up looking at it if you look at it from a dramatic perspective. Look at the structure, and you you. And you essentially tie the inequity to the structure. So you say, okay, this is where everything, this is where that rubber band is running through, and it's all twisted up. And and there are four perspectives in there, and each one has a problem. Because the problem is, like, if you look at a Rubik's Cube, there's a center, and all the sides are attached to the center. But it looks different from each side. Right? Because you're looking at it from a different perspective. So the problem pod is the closest one to the, the elements level, is the closest one to the inequity from each of those perspectives. And as you move up, it, things simplify and get broader and broader and broader. So you can see them in the, at the broadest level. And so that problem is, is right next to, but is not the... Um, it, again, it's not the inequity. It's it's a reflection of the inequity at the center. So the problem, and not just the problem quad, but the problem quad would be the the, the problem would be what in relationship to the inequity? Something that would reduce the tension, something that adds tension, something that no, is an attempt. A, the problem is when it basically is the first step. It is the one half of the inequity, the part that's not stuck. But essentially, because it's in a, I mean, you've built it up, it at some point has gotten stuck, and then the next level got stuck, and then the next level got stuck, and then finally it all swapped over. So you don't see that, but the symptom in the quad of the problem and solution the symptom is the, is essentially what subjectively the character could see, but they couldn't see the problem quad. They couldn't see the problem element, just like they couldn't see the symptom element. So it looks like to them at that bottom one, there are only two elements: the symptom and response. They don't. The problem and solution really seem to be like unrelated. Which is why at one point I think I was under the impression that that three quarters of a story should be involved with the symptom and response. Yeah, work. usually. Okay. And then, then then when you want to really irritate the, if it's a main character through line, irritate the main character, you throw in the problem and that, or the pro, or they 
exhibit the problem, depending if it's right. an, an attribute of them or attributed to them and whether they're a change character or a steadfast character. But that's that'll still the audience still needs to see that. Even though the main character they themselves can't see it, us outside, we can. And an author absolutely has to be aware of that because that's going to be the thing that causes conflict. So in relationship to... Or, or, the symptom then would be the reversing the order of the tension as I unstick my pins. Um, let's say I didn't quite well, that's get not the black the, hole. That's not what the symptom is. That would be the... the, the that's what... That's what all of now, if you think of all those levels, yeah. player, think of them as like what I was talking about with the driver, because it's essentially what the driver does. Instead of looking at it as a flat quad, look at it as a stacked quad. Okay. And it's what moves the story down, removes essentially a layer of justification. It moves it down in this in the justification process. It's the equivalent of going backwards, except you can never really go backward. Right. You can't and even if you were going backward, you know driving one direction doesn't look the same way coming back. <laughs> and how many times you'd say, Oh I never saw that. I mean I guys someone's driving out there, I never saw that before. Well it's because things don't look the same. So even though you're in the right path, it don't it won't look like you're I didn't travel this way before. How can I get back to where I was? Right, and yet there'll be some things that are familiar with other things that are going to be completely new and, and unusual. So it, it gets back down to it, and the solution represents that other half that you didn't, that you essentially you threw away, the one you said I'm not going to change, because that's that's the other path, sort of. From that one perspective, truly, what it is is the influence character represents that alternative perspective. The path, if you'd taken the other route, that's what that path would have looked like. But it's not you taking that path; it's someone else taking that path. That's why it's not just a reverse of what you're doing. Thank and, you. And ultimately, that big swap. Yes. That's the domain switch. Going from a door to a B or a B or to a door, that kind of thing. That's what happens at the end, because it's the reverse. It's sort of it's unwinding in both directions, but ultimately it's this huge paradigm shift where it's not just a little beep at the bottom. It's like bloop, flop, and you're over in the other other way. So it, it is something that um, really does, you know, is a profound different way of looking at the world. No, I'm a triumphant story. Um, success, a triumphant success, oh, okay. good. Um, the inequity is then resolved one way or the other, or that is independent of whether or not the inequity is resolved. The, the judgment. Well, that, right? okay, so you're talking about outcome and judgment. Yes. Um, depends. Fair enough. Um, now what does it depend on? Well, it depends on a lot of things because just because a main character works things out doesn't mean it works out for everybody. And I'm not talking about objectively, but usually if the main character, well, see, okay, not tying it to the other stuff I was just talking about. Correct. 
Achieving the goal is success. Correct. Resolving the inequity is good. So resolving the inequity and achieving success is what you have as a triumph story. When you're only looking at two through lines, really. Um, what that doesn't describe is it doesn't really describe the other half of the story form, which has to do with the relationship or the influence character. So um, the judgment good, bad is kind of an, we, we, we tie it to the main character as really sort of an overall assessment, um, but not, but does ex more or less exclude the relationship because the relationship through line can have a very similar development. You can have it, you know, be a constructive relationship, a destructive relationship, and it can end up well or end up poorly, and it can end up together or apart, <laughs> you know, or it can, you know, the, what was the one we just saw, like La La Land, where basically it's, it develops together really well and then separates amicably. Right, just naturally ends. Right, it's like, okay, we're incompatible, we're incompatible, oil and water, it's not going to work, so we will, you know, agree to disagree. But it's a, it's a positive growth. Um, so there's all sorts of different kinds of things. This perspective on story doesn't well describe that. And Dramatica, as we've described so far, doesn't address it, just doesn't address it. We don't address it at all. Not that we can't, uh, we haven't. Um, we may not be able to, or maybe one of those things that if we decide to focus on that, then there will be other things that we can't see. In fact, that's probably very, very likely. So. Um, that's helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What would you not be able to see by just? I mean, because wouldn't it just be another? It'd just be another dynamic, right? No, because it's going to have probably have a different baseline. Um, you know, I, I do, right now I don't know what I, we couldn't see, but I can almost guarantee you there will be things that we could not accurately predict. Kind of like right now, you, we were asking earlier, well, if the main character is a linear thinker, does that make the influence character holistic? It's like, no, it doesn't. It's not dictated. People usually storytell it that way. That's a storytelling convention, but it's not dictated by the story form because that's sort of taking the story form beyond what it actually is describing. You know, um, which is always very tempting. It's always tempting to want to get more out of it than we've provided, even though we've provided a, a lot, mm -hmm. but there's a lot more that's not there. Um, and this is just one of those things. So I don't know what I don't know, but I do know that whenever you adopt a different perspective, you're not going to, you can always, you can see three things, but you can't see the fourth. There's always, there has to be a blind spot because the, 
No part me. Um, because that's where you're standing. That's the part that you pin down. When you pin it down, you can't see it. It's just necessary. It's like you, you know, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever used a sextant. I have in high I school, I learned how to use them. So. <laughs> um, but one of the things that you don't think about when you're measuring the, you know, the, trying to figure out what time it is based on your longitude, latitude, and all that stuff. Um, and the, the angle. So you're not really thinking about, oh yes, the Earth is, you know, moving vastly through this, you know, the sky or through the space, because I'm just assuming it's a constant and everything's a reference to that. So if I stood out and I saw, you know, it going whizzing by, it's like, okay, well then clearly that's a different way. I can see that, but then I probably would be able to see other other things. It's just the nature of the beast. Uh, and you have to have a context to have any kind of meaning. So I can tell you how we do it in math. Huh? I can tell you. I can tell you how we do it in math because math has the same problem. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. But you, but they there's a workaround for it, right? I'm I'm sure there is, but also you can't have what is it negative arcs or whatever it is. You know, you can you you can only go like this, but in, there's a certain certain kinds of math where you can't actually go below. It just isn't because you're saying here the delimiters, and mm -hmm. so you really have all this area that you can't have anything dropping, but you can you can conceive of it. Um, and it's kind of that same thing. You can you you know that there can be something there, but it's just by definition you can't. It's that kind of a a rule because you're saying here are the rules, and then you want to say, well, I want to represent this other thing which is outside of that area right. it's a well, different you, well usually what we do is we you have a different system then at that point and then you just use that system right which has its own limitations right well but there's always a model of one system and another because that's been approved no so that's not always true though because like mm -hmm. if you move from the real numbers to the complex numbers right so you get that extra axis mm -hmm. suddenly you can't um you can't put things in order of magnitude anymore, greater, greater than or smaller than. Like you can't say is negative i greater or less than i, right? Because so it's merely by adding the extra axis, you actually cannot. You you lose linearity of like right. You lose a, a different. You gain one dimension and you lose a different one. I mean, the quick, essentially. Yeah. So it's like. You could reduce it to magnitude, but then you're just sort of getting rid of the extra axis when you do that, and you're you still can't. So it's like there's another model, but you you actually are doing you're swapping out one loss for a different loss when you do that. And that's essentially what I was talking about. It's just <clears throat> right. it's not that they. You I mean you could, and we do this all the time. I mean, the in in stories. We are constantly switching perspectives, or it's constantly changing context to try to understand things. And we, Melanie and I, have conceived of and some little bit of conceptualized what the other models might look like. Mm -hmm. This one is based on one of the eight um, uh, equations that, that we came up with. Right. The other equations are, in, you know, you can you can prove 
for the other equations because of the same elements and the same kind of construct, but different relationships. But when you when you when we created this one, we said, okay, here's the quad. This is how things are arranged in the quad. This is what that means. All we would have to do is say, okay, we're going to either arrange things differently or change the meaning of the spatial arrangement. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, by doing that, a lot of the things that are in this area are dependent on those relationships. You know, so you can't just say, oh, well, it's going to be the same. Well, it's like, well, no, because the rules are different. If I, if I, by, by way of example, if I, everything in the current model is based on dynamic pairs being the principal representation of conflict. But you could have a model that's based on, on companion pairs or dependent pairs or you know, components right. that should be kind of looking at the whole thing sideways. Right. Um, and you would see different things. Be, be a perfect example, and you can do this on your own. Take a story that you know, a movie or whatever. Um, it's a little easier in the real world because you have a lot more data rather than a, you know, story generally has only one set of data. Um, but look at it with, identify who you want your main character to be, do a story form out from that. Understanding that you also have a pretty good understanding of what the overall story is, you know, the larger context. Then switch the main character with the influence character. Mm -hmm. Put as much as it can be the same, and then follow the, in the new main character down to where they would actually be, what it would be, you know, their problem and solution elements. And what you'll see is you're going to understand what's happening, things that were part of their world but didn't fit are suddenly going to be really important in this this context. And things that may have been really important and such in the first form are not even going to have any place. They're not even going to be really relevant because there's no there's no context for them. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's not that it's not there. It's just that you can't see all of it all within the same context. And that's what would happen with a, having a, a putting in something where we're proving for the subjective story or focusing on the subjective story versus the overall story. Um, as you see now, I mean, uh, Sandy's not here, but Jim probably knows this, probably tell you pretty much, but Sandy could recite it, is that when you are, you know, we, we designed it so that you can drill straight down from the domain to the problem element in both the main character and the overall story. But if you look at the pattern for the influence character and the relationship through line, it, gets a, it can get a little wacky. You know, because we said these are going to be straight lines, so the the, the distortion is going to it shows up in those other two perspectives. Sometimes not so much. Sometimes it's like really wild. For the record, I can do all that stuff. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Draw it. Okay, Demonstrate. 
Um, well, thank you. And uh, we can certainly talk more. I'm doc- I just wanted to sort of put an end to the podcast. Now, people Thanks. are going, holy crap, I don't know what that is. Here's how you have to end the podcast. You have to go, let me explain PCRO. Click. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the meaning of life. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by Wright Brothers, creators of software for writers since 1982. Visit us at www.screenplay.com and www.dramatica.com.